Hey everybody, I'm Tim Muma, and you've ordered up Scrambled Eggs today on localjobnetwork.com radio. Scrambled Eggs is more of a laid-back, entertaining approach to the employment realm, looking at the world from a slightly different lens from time to time. Our focus for this particular show is twofold, really. We'll again examine a non-traditional job as a means of giving you, the listeners, a little different perspective on how to evaluate and even discover skills and strengths. Really, you could use those in any number of industries or jobs. We'll also be talking about the role of charities and businesses and the benefit that flows each way. A person who has some of these unique experiences has joined me today in studio. His name is Marcus Hanel, bullpen catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers and president of Coos for Kids, a charity in southeastern Wisconsin. Marcus, thanks a lot for coming in today. Hey, thank you very much for having me. First of all, if we could, let's just touch base on your professional position. Uh, you know, it is an odd job, non-traditional kind of thing. And I know what a bullpen catcher is, but a lot of people listening might not have any kind of clue. How would you describe your role in that position with the Milwaukee Brewers? Well, uh, as a role with the Milwaukee Brewers, I'm on staff with Ron Renneke and, and the other coaches. And I uh, help out with the catching. Um, but I also, my big role is to help uh, warm up all the pitchers, throw batting practice to uh, different groups, mostly to the pitchers, and obviously during the game, making sure they're ready to get loose and, and, and ready to pitch for that night. So uh, pre-game, do a lot of stuff with them, you know, flat ground, bullpen work, again, just being the other end of those guys when they're throwing. A little bit of an unsung hero, I would say. I mean, behind the scenes, people see you, but maybe just, you know, you're, you don't hit the field in terms of the other guys. So now, obviously, your physical skills allow you to, to take on that role and, and your baseball intelligence, so to speak. What other skills do you think that you use there in terms of especially working with pitchers or the staff, um, you know, whether it be communication-wise or, or different areas like that? Well, I think uh, communication is one thing. You know, you get there's a lot of uh, talk back and forth, obviously, you know, on you know, when they're throwing and stuff like that, how their pitch is doing and stuff like that. Just having that friendly personality, that approachable personality. In a way, it's kind of like somewhat of grunt work. You're always asked to do stuff, getting pulled here and there, and mm-hmm. just having an attitude of uh, willingness to do things and uh, not uh, complaining or disputing about stuff and just having a heart to help out others and um, goes a long way. I like that you bring it up, kind of that jack-of-all-trades, help out where you can, because that's a lot of what we talk about here with our, our different employment shows is, you know, you get stuck in this title and you think it's one thing that you do, but if you can help anywhere else, obviously you uh, you should do that. Now, you played in the minor leagues for 11 years, and for people who don't know, that obviously can be grueling. I mean, just physically, traveling, all that sort of stuff. Now, in terms of your work philosophy or, or things that maybe you did to get through it, what did you develop or learn in terms of handling that, whether it be physically or mentally? You know, just one of those things, you know, as a kid, you're dreaming about getting to the big leagues. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of perseverance in it, um, trying to attain this goal, a lot of sacrifices. But in doing so, you know, you see the rewards. And, you know, I did what I could um, to get to the big leagues as a ball player. I fell short. There's uh, man, a lot of heartache in it, but when you look at just the, the opportunity to put on a uniform compared to uh, all those who are trying to, you, just, uh, you don't take it for granted and you just uh, push as hard as you can. And fortunately, it didn't work out as a ball player, but I was very uh, lucky to fall in the job that I have right now. Yeah, sure, definitely. Now, another area people you know would hopefully be able to kind of relate to you, this idea of maybe figuring out when it is time to step away or maybe in someone else's case it's change a career move to another uh, company what was that decision like how did you come to that conclusion that maybe it was time to look into something else my batting average <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have stats to back it up for baseball players it doesn't work that way in plays. i just started for whatever reason um i think looking hindsight i might have gave up a little early on that 
But when you're looking at your age compared to other ball players mm-hmm. and where you're standing, you're just kind of looking. And then all of a sudden, it was becoming more hardship. I wasn't having as much fun with it as I would have liked. Um, with the struggles, you know, early on, you're mm-hmm. like, I'm still young enough. I'll get through these. But then you kind of just see this pattern. So it was kind of a frustration a little bit. And, uh, you know, but I still love the game, but it was just not as like I'm just I'm t- I was tired of struggling too. And, and then also realizing, you know, was I going to get to where I needed to go? Mm-hmm. Again, I look hindsight, I probably could have kept going, but you know, I, I gave it 11 years. Um, I have no regrets with that. I gave everything I had, so I have no no qualms about that. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work out for me. I mean, was it a struggle to really end up saying, like, it's over? And I mean, obviously you're able to, and we'll talk about that a little bit, transitioning into still being in baseball, which obviously was great for you. But, I mean, how, how difficult was that of a, of a— Well, I think what ha- I think the Lord actually prepared me on this because— uh, I went to the Atlanta Braves. I had a great spring training with mm-hmm. them. Almost made the team out of spring training. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> then uh, I get sent down. Well, I flew to Atlanta with them, got sent down the last day, um, go back down to minors, AAA, and I'm, it was like I forgot how to play baseball. It was a really, it was the first time being a different organization. I was with the sure. Pirates for nine years. I really, really struggled. I mean, I was horrible. And uh, I saw my time just kind of, I mean, I was like two for Thirty something. <laughs> I wasn't catching well. It was mm-hmm. just like uh, the game went by me like really fast. They decided to put me on a phantom DL, and I just kind of just contemplating mm-hmm. for two months, like, man, what am I doing here? And uh, kind of looked at some younger ball players who had a lot of uh, uh, ability. I was more of a, just a work hard kind of guy. Sure. But I saw these guys wasting their ability, and so I came alongside of them and I ran extra with these guys. I kind of built these guys up, and some of these guys got to the big leagues and. Uh, I got called from their parents as a thank you for pushing their sons. Oh, wow. um, but also just kind of um, I would be in the bullpen and uh, just kind of hang out in the bullpen during the game. I mm-hmm. wasn't going to play, but I would catch. I would just do these things. It was right. kind of, you know, you're looking. It's like, all right, I'm kind of nice and easy, just catching down here. There's no responsibility besides that. And then actually I was activated later in the year, playing really well now, and then I broke my hand. Oh. And uh, so I'm like, man, this is <laughs> this is this isn't the year I had envisioned. Mm-hmm. And the next year I went to Arizona, and uh, the first year I've ever been to a spring training, and they had an actual bullpen catcher mm-hmm. um, who was still there, um, and I got a chance to talk to him and what it was all about. Not that I was seeking it out sure. or nothing like that. Right, right. Um, uh, went to AAA with Arizona. I was there for like a month. Cool thing was I had to play with Dale Swaim, and so that was kind of a, right. a neat thing. But uh, I was released uh, like three weeks into the season, and I had to make that decision now. Am I going to try to be a journeyman guy, newly married, or do I come home and start a different career? Mm-hmm. And uh, decided to come home and uh, just kind of pray about it and stuff like that. And just kind of left it at that. Worked some side jobs, summer jobs at baseball fields here. And over the winter, I got a call <laughs> asking if I was still interested in playing. And I was just like, with the organization who called me, I wasn't like, Right. I didn't see the opportunity really being there. Mm. So he had asked if I knew some people in Milwaukee, and I said, uh, I do. And I said, if they ever need anyone to throw batting practice, <laughs> um, I will do so. So I got a call back, say, hey, would you like to have, do the bullpen job? And okay. I said, man, I'd love to. So that's how it all started. Yeah, it was a hard time of deciding when it was going to go, but it was kind of, uh, like I said, the, kind of the Lord preparing already my heart by – being in the game, mm-hmm. but not being in it by, you know, the just being on the Phantom DL, breaking my hand, 
Um, so being around guys but not actually playing and just kind of how that would be. But, you know, because it's a different thing. You know, players have a different relationship with one another when they're playing than right. when you're in the actual battle than, you know, when you're outside of it. So just to kind of learn to adapt to that, that was just a good lesson. No, I want to touch on something, and I didn't necessarily prep you for this side of it, but you mentioned the idea of with athletes, you have this relocation thought process to go through, and you're you're determining if it's a fit for you. And uh, you mentioned, you know, family considerations, that that sort of thing. What was that toughest part? Is you did bring that up in terms of newly married and how that would affect your decision. I mean, was that a, a huge factor, especially at that point in your career? Well, yeah, it was just that point in the career. It was like, man, how I was uh, 27, 28. You know, it was like, how long do I push this? Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, minor league players do not make much money, and then. My wife at the time was kind of the breadwinner mm. and allowing me to do what I'm doing, uh, what I was doing. Right. And uh, there comes a, a responsibility I felt as a, a husband that I want to lead my family. So how long do I let chase, keep chasing my dream, letting her giving up what she wanted to do? And uh, so it was just that decision is kind of like, you know what, I think I uh, go home and let's just kind of go over this and see where we're at with this. That was kind of where it was. I think it's important for people to hear that. We have a show on here we call it Life Versus Work, and it's that idea of balancing life and work. And, and clearly, I think a lot of people understand when you're in, in a sort of business like yours where there is travel and there, I mean, the, the work is, you know, different necessarily than just your nine to five type day job. But I think it's important for people to hear that it applies to different situations. Now, you touched a little bit on um, becoming, you know, the bullpen catcher for the Brewers. What were they looking at, do you think, with you? In t- I mean, was there talk of how you worked with those younger guys? Was it just, uh, you know, I mean, did you have connections that you were working with? That's what we're always looking for to, to help the job seeker out there. Definitely. How do you was, find that? You know? know, one of the things is I've always tell people, hey, man, wherever you're working, no matter how bad it is, never burn bridges because you never know where someone might be relocated and all of a sudden you need to look out for something <laughs> right. and you get a phone call and say, hey, I'm over here now. Would you like to come over there? Right. Um, Bill Brick was a, a scout who signed me with Pittsburgh out of high school. And after so many years, he left to go to San Diego um, to be uh, over there. And he had called me and said, hey, would you want to come over to San Diego and give it? And that was a club who I just felt there was too many catchers. It was mm-hmm. going to be a long line of competition. And um, wasn't playing well either, which didn't help, the, you know. Um, so it made that decision at that time a little easier. But he uh, knew I was with Atlanta. He asked if uh, Dean, Ta- if I knew Dean Taylor oh, at the sure. time, who became the GM mm-hmm. of the Brewers. And I go, I remember him over there. I don't really know him. Right. And then um, he goes, How about Jack Sorensic? Do you remember Jack? And uh, Jack Sorensic was head of scouting, like he was in Milwaukee mm-hmm. with Pittsburgh. So he actually was another guy who drafted me. Okay. They knew my reputation of a hard worker. Um, I wasn't a troublemaker, all that kind of stuff. Right. And uh, I told Bick, hey, Bill Brick, if I would like to have someone to throw batting practice, I'll do it, like I said earlier. <laughs> right. And uh, two days later, they called me and said, would you like to be the bullpen catcher? So I'm like, that'd be great. So. Oh, cool. As different maybe as a job in an office seems to anything in baseball related or, or something that, you know, like that, um, you know, it's it's those same things. Like you mentioned, not, bro- not burning bridges, that hard work that stood out, obviously. A lesson kind of for all of us really in that. Now, I guess there's kind of two questions in here um, that our team kind of bounced around. For one, let's say you, you didn't get drafted or, or even you did work through the minors a little bit but didn't end up as, as a bullpen catcher. Did you have a, a plan moving forward? Did you have an original like life after baseball idea for yourself? Yeah, you know, in reality, baseball, my parents came over from Germany 
so growing up, I didn't really have much. Um, but my dad was a hard worker. Mm-hmm. He instilled that in me. So going through high school, my goal was, I mean, I was never really to be a professional baseball player. It was an opportunity to get college paid for. Sure. That's the whole thing. So, And uh, when I did sign out of high school, in the winters when I'd come back from school, I started going back to Parkside okay. um, when I could. So I was going back to become a teacher. Oh. And uh, um, so I was doing all that. And then later on, it kind of changed. I just wasn't home enough in the off seasons because I'd have like instructional league, mm-hmm. went to Hawaii, play winter ball. So school kind of took a background. Then some firefighters, uh, I know, like, you'd be great to be <laughs> a, a firefighter. So then that kind of was going after that for a little while. Actually, that was already when I was the bullpen catcher. Oh, okay. Just kind of just some different thing, outlets, you know, and stuff right. like that. And, again, that just – it just fell through. And But, yeah, I was going back to school to become a teacher. And, uh, you know, there was a firefighter opportunity in there too. So just never – I just always kept doors open. Yeah. And uh, I think we always have to. Right. No, definitely. And I, I think you fall in the line of a lot of people out there. Um, you know, you have these different ideas and thoughts and it doesn't work out. So now along those lines, and we touched on it a little bit, earlier talking about the minor leagues and for some people it's hard to imagine you know you're playing a sport it's got to just be fun and games and all that stuff but again it's grueling there are times you're down you want to quit you you know you doubt yourself that sort of thing where did you did you turn to individual people did you did you have your own like strategy in terms of pushing through and and not giving up because there are people doing you know other typical day jobs that feel similar for one reason or another what was kind of your strategy with that well i just know i'd look myself in the mirror i didn't want to put on anyone else Mm -hmm. and uh it was an opportunity there for me to get to where i would hopefully want to get to so i just kept like like, all right i don't want you to regret anything like i never gave it everything i had i didn't go to the batting cages enough i didn't work on blocking balls enough i just wanted to make sure i gave it everything i had and there was no regret you Mm -hmm. know in the back of your mind you're like you're trying to do it for maybe your parents or whatever. You kind of have them in the back of your mind that kind of push you and stuff like that. Like, ah, I don't want to disappoint them. Right. But I think the reality is it's, man, you see yourself. And uh, you just want to go through life, man, with no regrets. And uh, I went through it. Yeah, it didn't work out, but it was a life lessons learned, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, adversity can be a great thing. doesn't mean you're a failure. It just it means that your road was a little harder to get where you wanted to go. Sure. Along those same lines, when we're talking about these non-traditional jobs, you know, I mean, people sometimes get in the mind frame of I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be, an, you know, a marketing assistant. You know, you kind of get caught up with that. Maybe people aren't going to become a bullpen catcher. Obviously, that's a, kind of a, a limited capacity. But what sort of advice would you give people in terms of maybe finding that job that suits their skills or their, their interests or their passion? What sort of advice would you give? You know, the, the big thing is, is what is your passion? And don't let go of that dream, you know, of whatever it may be. I think also, too, start small, too, with maybe whatever it may be your mm-hmm. adventure is and see how it goes. Just even talking about my, my charity, Coos for Kids, I didn't know where it was going to go and how big it was going to get. Right. We just started with something, helping out a couple kids, and next thing you know, it's gone one way. But I think we're kind of scared to put our foot out there um, to try some different things because mm-hmm. of the unknown. You know, outside of that, I mean, I I really don't know what to say as far as just like that. We shouldn't be so scared to try some things, you know, and uh, yet we are. We hold on to some things a little too tight. And you brought it up, a good segue into what we're going to talk about now is on top of your day job, so to speak, with the Brewers, you do have the charity, Coos for Kids, of which you're the president. And um, I guess if you could just talk a little bit about what you guys do, what what sort of um, you know things you, you try to do to help out, especially in the community. Yeah, we're, uh, we help terminal ill, disadvantaged kids in southeastern Wisconsin. 
we go from giving kids jackets um, who are just disadvantaged to terminal kids who may need rehab and therapy equipment to maybe a laptop or computer because they're at children's hospital for extended time and they needed to keep up with their schoolwork or even in touch with their friends. So just different uh, oddities. Maybe the family just needs a break. Sure. Um, they need a vacation. You know, their kids have just been, you know, going through so much. So kind of a break away from that. Um, just in little ways just to kind of get them away from what they're going through. We just have the ability to help out. And now you and I are chatting a little bit before the show just in terms of how it sort of came about. Um, if you could just describe a little bit how it kind of got there. I mean, it wasn't out of the blue, so to speak, but it, it sort of formulated based on other things you were doing. Yeah. Um, being in baseball, you there's a lot of charity events out there. People want memorabilia. They want, hey, can you get us a bat from so-and-so? Can mm-hmm. you get this? And I'd help these organizations. They'd raise money. It would go back to these organizations, and you'd ask where the money is going, and it's really not impacting your immediate area. Right. And it kind of, like, frustrated me. I'm like, you guys are making and raising all this money, but it's going to this corporate office, some different state. Sure. So I and another gentleman just said, you know, with what ability you have to get in memory, is there something that you'd really would like to share? And so, you know, one, I want to share my faith through the organization, but also, man, kids have just been a heart for me. So with that, I said, all right, let's just start this. And the first year, I think uh, we had 13 coats <laughs> that we were able to purchase. Got to start small, yeah, right? Yeah, we started small. <laughs> uh, we, st- we bought 13 brand-new coats. We helped another family um, whose son – was uh, diagnosed with cancer and has passed since, but we got to really enjoy that family and mm-hmm. help some other families individually. And, and that was in 2005. And then since that time, actually on Sunday, we were going to be going to buy over a thousand brand new coats oh, wow. for kids in southeastern Wisconsin. In that, and then just the other individual families and other things that we've developed through the years. Um, I have a challenger baseball league now. Again, started small. I think we had like 16 kids maybe not even quite that many um we buddied up with them and let them play baseball on a saturday and now we have uh almost uh 70 some 80 kids um in the middle of summer who get to play baseball again it was just something that has blossomed and ballooned and 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 putting good people around you i think is very instrumental people who have the same goals who are not going to um belittle you or chastise you for maybe some of the decisions that you have to make because sometimes you have to go on a a stretch. Um, I think just people who can encourage you and back you up is very important. Surround you with like-minded people um, I think is huge. Well, that'll just about do it for us here on localjobnetwork.com radio, but we are not finished speaking with our in-studio guest, Marcus Hanel. He's the president of Coos for Kids in Wisconsin, as well as the bullpen catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll continue our discussion in part two, where we talk more in-depth about his charity and the benefits people and businesses get from donating their time, talent, and money. To listen to the second part, go to localjobnetwork.com and click on the radio tab near the top of the screen. There you can go to On Demand Radio and find Marcus Hanel, Odd Job, Charitable Spirit, Part 2. To find out more about Coos for Kids, which that site can also be found at coosforkids.com. That's K-O-O-S-F-O-R-K-I-D-S.com. And for all you listeners, please send us your comments and ideas for the show to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. You've been locked on to Scrambled Eggs. I'm your host, Tim Yuma. We'll talk to you later.